It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. What's the scoop, Scoop? Well, Detroit, 11 wins, my Red Wings, on the year. 11, 30 losses. That's bad. Not very good. And we're going to talk about how it's been a bad year for Detroit in general. We are. Thank you for the tease. Scoop with a little bit of a scoop. That's what's been top of mind with you, my friend. Yeah, I'm mired in this misery. My teams are awful. I mean, I'm a Browns fan. It was an abomination of a season after all this hope and anticipation in the summer. And maybe we get a coach today. Maybe while we're on the air, it'll be announced that Josh McDaniels has been hired, perhaps. All right, we'll get to all that. We've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. We'll take you through until Brent Axe gets you on the block at 4 o'clock. But Nick is with us today in studio. Nick is in Nick's gear. I like that. Other than that Jets-Giants thing, man, we're pretty similar in our taste. Thanks yeah, for joining us again close. and doing this. You can see us all at twitch.tv slash Talk. We're up there, invisible. There's also that Rangers-Coyotes thing, too. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. The Rangers-Coyotes thing. He's a Coyotes fan. You're a Rangers fan. Oh, yeah. We Okay, so we're like 50% the same. So it's yeah. Knicks and Yankees that we've got this brotherhood of. It's true. Okay, that's fine. I can live with that. Okay. But you have something for us. I do. Are you giving me your Knicks hoodie? Uh, no. No? I just got this a couple weeks ago. You can't have it. It's a Christmas gift? It was a Christmas gift. From mom and dad? No. Who just, gave, who just gave a friend. Oh, just a friend? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You don't want to divulge anymore? No. Okay. Not really. It's probably better off that you do that. <laughs> See, Nick... He, really, le- he leads a very secretive life. Nick truly understands there's just certain things that are not suitable for the air, <laughs> which is half of the conversations we have when we go into commercial break, and you can actually hear those on Twitch. So there you go. What do you have for us? I said to Nick... And Nick comes in. I saw Nick coming in, and Nick goes, I, I've got I got a story for you. And I'm like, okay. So then I go back in a few minutes later, and I go, Nick, what's what's the story? You want to give me a little bit of a rundown so we know? He's like, no, I'd rather not really tell you much about it. And I'm like, okay, it looks like Scoop and I are going to be reading and reacting to this on the air. We have no idea what he's about to say. Mm-hmm. Nick, the mic is yours. Now, this isn't really breaking news. It's actually a couple of years old, but I ran across it the other day. Now, I want you to think over – how long you've been a college basketball fan. Now, that's important. Okay. Any of your favorite players or whatever, you know what jerseys they wore? What number they wore? Yeah. What's number? 31. 31. Scoop, do you have one? No, I don't have. I mean, I couldn't even tell you. I'm bad with numbers, sort of a dyslexia thing. I couldn't tell you any any numbers of college players. I mean, I like Mello. Oh, wait, this was college basketball? College basketball. No, actually, I think it's the same number. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll I know thirty one. I know football numbers better. This rule only applies to college basketball. Couldn't you mention thirty one? Because you will never ever find a college basketball jersey with the numbers six, seven, eight, or nine. Why? Why? I'll tell you. Because of NCAA Rule One, Section twenty two, Article seven, clause B two that states you cannot wear any jersey number with the numbers 6, 7, 8, or 9. So in any variation. So 26, anything higher than 55 is not allowed. And that's because, uh, if I could find it here. Why was, why was 6 afraid of 7? 7, 8, 9. Yeah, okay, go ahead, continue. That's um, because for it used to be for referees' purposes, whenever there'd be a foul and they could hold up hand signals, they don't have more than five fingers. 
True. Okay. But the NBA doesn't. NBA, you can have whatever number you want. Yeah. But the NCAA can't. It's still like that. I didn't realize that. That's obscure. Wow. And when I found that out, you you sit there and you think like, no, there's got to be one, and but there's not. If I knew this, I would have I would have pulled out some rosters and things like that. The oldest one that I can find is where is it here? I hmm. Can't find it. No, go ahead and go ahead. You you scroll. I will try to find. Uh, it. Wait a minute. Now I'm racking my brain over here. Six, seven, eight, and nine are not allowed. Nor is anything above and, 55. And if I understand you correctly, you couldn't have like 26, 27, 28, or 29. Correct. Or any four. The only exception is Gonzaga's Spike the Bulldog mascot wears number six. Yeah, he's a mascot. That's he's, the only exception. Yeah, well, you're not necessarily, in theory, going to have to call a foul on the mascot. Gonzaga, by the way, are they number one in the nation right now in college basketball? I believe they are. Wow. Gonzaga. Just, Here it is. The oldest one that I could find is Bill Russell when he wore number six at the University of San Francisco in 1956. It's been a minute. And the strange thing about this is nobody within the NCAA cannot tell you when it started. They know why it started, but there's no actual record of when this rule came into effect. So Bill Russell was kind of the last guy. Then. Pretty much. The last, like, major one. Okay. So right. what you're telling right. me is, as far as this this particular rule, which you cited, mm-hmm. is the NCAA is inept and has really no idea about the background of the actual rule. I don't know. It's far be it from me to assume that the NCAA is occasionally inept about certain things or just... Well, I get the line of reasoning that, you know, you want to use one hand to help you signal who gets the foul or the penalty or whatever. So I kind of get that. I get I get a one-hand signal from Mrs. Rain all the time for things I do, but you can't... You're number one! Well, you can see it on Twitch. That's what she tells me. You're the best. Peace, buddy. Here's your F. Here you go. That's an insane rule. I had no idea that existed. And I'm a diehard sports fan. Mm-hmm. So you did you know this or did you have an inkling of this beforehand? I I didn't. I just happened to stumble across this. How did you fall into this wormhole? Yeah, Cuz you obviously I, did. Yeah, I, what sucked you into that? Like what did you initially look at that you ended up there? I think I was just looking at college basketball highlights. You know when you get sucked into like an internet rabbit hole, yeah. you you lead from one to the other and I just stumbled across this New York Times article and I I I found it really hard to believe, but it's very true. Let me set a little bit of a mood here as we reset from really a fascinating, fantastic piece of content delivered by Nick. That's the Scoop Scoop. I'm Rain. This is the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. What were you going to say, my man? I was going to say I didn't know that. I just didn't know any of that stuff. You know, my grandpa used to say you learn something new every day. So did my great-grandma. You hear that cliche from time to time, and it still proves to be 100% true. I want to set you a little mood here, though, guys. little remix rendition of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Because you know what else would blow my mind and sucked me into a rabbit hole on the internet? Especially because he's been, well, he's been cracking me up with the Bernie Sanders impersonations on SNL on Saturday Night Live. But Larry David, who obviously was a writer with Seinfeld, and then he did Curb Your Enthusiasm, which, if you've never seen, is one of the funniest shows ever. He is, to me, Larry David is just this hilarious cranky curmudgeon but we've learned he's a huge sports fan bigger than i ever realized and he's been everywhere lately where'd you see him this morning scoop he's on the, the today show with bernie sanders this morning five 
feet apart from one another, doing the impersonation of Bernie while Bernie's laughing and then Bernie talking back to Larry David being Bernie. Yeah, it's just some funny stuff with Larry David, but now he's going after the Michael K show and the Mets and the Yankees and I mean that that stuff is hilarious. Have you caught any of that? Yeah, I saw the the bit on the Michael K show where he was going off about the Rangers. And now, yeah, yeah, there's you didn't catch the Mets Yankees portion of that though? I did not. Okay, well give the rest of the background about the the little tit for tat with David Quinn, the head coach of the Rangers, because I have a funny little piece of audio from David Quinn to clap back at Larry David. Give Larry David's side of this, because I know you're familiar. Well, Larry was complaining that Kako got taken out of the game. You know, they need his scoring. You know, why do you take his take him out of the game because he got a dumb penalty? He knows he got a dumb penalty. Why are you doing? You, know, you need his scoring out on the ice. And he was very vehement, very animated. Uh, and uh, one of the hosts, I can't remember who, it wasn't Michael K, but. You know, it was kind of arguing with him a little. LaGreca, Don LaGreca, yeah. Well, David Quinn had a response, which is pretty funny, actually. And, and I got to be honest with you, if you're Larry David, you got to give credit where it was due because it was pretty decent for a hockey coach to come back with something that was funny. Listen, I've watched a few bad Seinfelds and Kirby enthusiasms as well, so I still love Larry David and his and his work. Yeah, but not everything, not all the time. Ha, 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 ha. Good sense of humor right there. You know, ultimately, it's a good thing to have somebody be that impassioned about your product, being Rangers hockey. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a in a backhanded way flattery. You know, you, the Rangers got to feel good that they engender this much feeling in their fans. And, and a response like Larry David gave on the Michael K show. Why did Quinn bench Kako, Capo Kako, their first-round pick in that third period after he scored? David wanted to know that. First goal in 14 games and an assist, and then Quinn benches him because he takes a bad penalty. Come on, that's ridiculous. I hear that in Larry David's voice. Do you not hear that? Oh, quote? yeah. I, I mean, I heard the clip. He, he was animated. He was argumentative. And he was like, yeah, the guy knows he made a dumb penalty. You know, you ever read the written word of somebody, but their voice is unique enough that it doesn't matter you always hear it in their voice in your head how that can happen. Well, Larry's a yeller, akin to Stephen A. Smith. You know, he's a yeller. Like, if you watched him on the Today Show this morning, he was yelling all the time. He's in that, he's in that, uh, He's in that realm of Lewis Black. You know who Lewis Black is? Oh, yeah, is? I've, I've seen Lewis Black live. I took my daughter to see him uh, in concert as a birthday present once. They're just, they're cranky and they yell and they vent, and it ends up being hilarious by the time it's all said and done. All right, let's take our first break because we got a lot of stuff to get to. We want to break down some more in the NFL. There's been some interesting developments that we want to talk about. Another Twitter beef or a battle in the NBA, too. I don't know if you call this. We talked about one yesterday involving Jimmy Butler. Well, there's another one that kind of exploded last night. We'll get to that and some Q's basketball, of course, with that game tomorrow. Next on the SportsZilla Show at ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. The Burdick Ford, Burdick Toyota basketball pregame show. Catch it tomorrow and all season long. Seth Goldberg and Danny Chase prior to SU basketball games tomorrow. Of course, 3 to 4 p.m. before Virginia 
And, you know, I'm sort of wallowing in my sports fandom pain today. And one of the things that I uncovered was the amount of money that my Cleveland Browns and Cleveland Cavs Oh, coaches that they've fired. You know, you fire these coaches and they've got money left on their deals. I mean, check this out. This is crazy. Ex-Cavs coaches, about 57 million bucks right there when they were fired. Tyron Lue walked with 19 million. Mike Brown, 20 million. David Blatt, 14 million. Byron Scott, 4 million. And then the Browns, and these are estimates too. It's kind of hard to actually get these down to the actual dollar, but the estimate for the Browns is about $35 million left when you add up the contracts of Pat Shermer, Rob Chenzinski. I had forgotten he was even the coach yeah. for the Browns. For Mike Patton, who is now with Green Bay uh, running their defense, their fantastic defense, uh, Hugh Jackson and Freddie Kitchens, $35 million there. So you add that up, that's $92 million, essentially the payroll of my Cleveland Indians. <laughs> Wow. And that's money that they're just paying. They're not getting anything for now. And how are you going to hate on LeBron James then being the one shining light in Cleveland with the rest of, oh, my Lord, whatever that was. You know, as bad as it is to be a Knicks fan, Nick, I guess there are some other franchises, not necessarily just in basketball, uh, that are dumpster fires also. I love that word because it just sums up exactly what it is. Makes me not feel as bad about the Knicks. How about you? Dumpster fire. It's a great term because not only does it imply that it's on fire, but it's trash. Yeah, it's on fire. It's trash. <laughs> it's burning trash. So. Uh, it brings me to Detroit, though, guys, because that's another city that has had uh, not a good time when it comes to their sports teams. They had the losingest year, if that's a thing, in the history of American sports. Just here's the total numbers. You would think that Cleveland might have this distinction. Or with the amount of losses that the Knicks rack up, my Lanta. But no, that's not the case. Detroit has lost 226 games across the big four sports in the 2019 calendar year. That set a new record for any city within one year. The previous mark was New York's 219 losses in 1962. Wow. That is... That's just a whole lot of suck. That's suckitude. And my Red Wings with only 11 wins so far this NHL season. Yeah, look at that. The Lions, Pistons, Red Wings, and Tigers combined to go 114 and 226 and one in the calendar year. Oh, man. Can you imagine? They've got those beautiful new sports stadiums in Detroit, and they are stinking up the joint. The beautiful buildings they want to show off. Little Caesars Arena, Comerica Park, Ford Field. And what a rich history of sports in that all-American city, too. I mean, that's that's America right there. That's a great city. It gets a bad rap for certain reasons, but overall, I mean, it's Detroit, man. Come on. Well, look, that city played a large part in this country winning World War II. Yeah. You know, who was making the Jeeps and the tanks? People all over the country, but a lot of people in Detroit were making those. You know, making the cars for decades and decades and decades. But that is a bygone era, and uh, the Detroit of that era no longer exists. You know something, Nick? Isn't it amazing, though, if you look at what Russell Wilson has done as we move on, talking some football? See what I did there? I, I said move on. I didn't say moving on. 
Sports Hill Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. But Russell Wilson, and obviously with the playoffs this weekend, did you see that he creates a 15-page scouting report and gives that to the entire offense on Wednesdays? And here's the thing. They come back into work on Thursday. There's a quiz. He's Professor Russell Wilson. What are the repercussions of not being prepared and not reading his 15-page report? You go home, if you're a member of the Seattle Sea Chickens offense, you have homework. You have homework. Yeah, listen, baby, I'm going to need a few minutes. I've, I've got some homework to do. Russell gave us homework. You thought that ended in school? It does not. You've got to be prepared to be a professional athlete. I, I don't hear about that type of thing happening every day, Nick. Do you? Oh, no, not at all. I think the weird thing, what if the Seahawks were terrible? What a what a rap he would get if he's making quizzes and they don't even win. But right. be, because he's proven to be a winner, though, I think he's a respected, revered leader. I think that's why he can get away with that. Not every quarterback in the league could do something like like that or demand that of the rest of the offense. Nor would they be empowered necessarily by the offensive coordinator or the coaching staff or things like that. At least I would have to assume. I don't know about you. Russell Wilson, yet to lose a home playoff game, but... Two and four on the road in the playoffs. So obviously where they will be shoveling snow in Green Bay and paying people 12 bucks an hour to clear out the eight to 10 inches of snow they're expecting tomorrow. Obviously he's hoping for better luck in Green Bay. I don't know if we're going to get it or not. They need 700 people to help shovel out Lambeau at $12 an hour. This is something that you have seen many times in Buffalo as well. Any, any stadium. That's not a dome that's in the snow belt somewhere has to deal with this type of thing. It's amazing. And they'll get it done. Can you imagine just sitting back? You know, you put a camera somewhere and say, I mean, just watch that. And then you know how they put those videos out? Like a time lapse. Yeah, where they do the time lapse and you just see the progression of that. But 700 people are going to rattle that off pretty quickly, I think. I mean, if I could get 700 people, seven people even to come shovel my driveway, get that done in no time. Yeah, it'd be, you know, beer 30 before you know it. Beer thirty. That's the, after shoveling. You must have a beer, right? Yeah. I think come on. That's America. That's America too. You've earned it. So we're also on Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Nick in his Nick's scoop, and I'm Rain. And we have discovered now that there is not just a Madden curse, but there's also the Antonio Brown curse. So over the last week, Nick, the Steelers, Raiders, Bills, Patriots, and Saints all got eliminated. Did Ra- you- Raiders a little bit? You know, were eliminated. Before, but. I was going to say the Raiders were never in that. Yeah. Moment. But overall, yeah, that's the thing. Everything he touches goes to, to the dumper. It's it's bad. We were trying to figure out how did the Bills play into this. But then we looked and saw that there was almost a trade to the Bills, but he said, I don't want to go to Buffalo. So now he's just entertaining us all with his nonsense on Twitter. What do you think of this whole Antonio Brown saga from the get-go? He's been nothing but a headache. Uh, a locker room cancer from Pittsburgh and after, for everything after. I think it's actually an extension of the Madden curse. Because I looked at, and I also looked into this a little while ago too, that the cover of this year's Madden was Patrick Mahomes. Yes, it was. And he didn't really, he had that injury, but he didn't really get bit that hard. But That some, could have been a lot worse. But someone presented a theory that, because Antonio Brown kind of didn't lose his mind until this year, right? True. That the curse in, went to Mahomes and circled back and hit Brown twice. I think that that might be fair. It's like uh, those, what are those movies where 
you're, you're escaping death. Final Destination. Yeah. Have you ever seen those movies? Faces of Death. Yeah. That's where they actually show you dying. Yeah, back yeah. in the day they had those movies. But it's it's like almost like because the injury could have been worse, but it wasn't, that karma had to go elsewhere, and it went back to Antonio Brown. That's interesting. Because wasn't it? didn't it prove true with Tom Brady a few years back when – he messed up his knee in the first game. And then well, he- remember, the, everybody has probably forgotten this name, but Peyton Hillis of the Browns sure. uh, was a, a huge name. I don't know, five years ago, was and it? Maybe four his, years ago? And then his career was over. And, it, and literally got on the cover of Madden, and his career went straight off a cliff. I remember, like, he was missing games because he had a sore throat, you know, Weird, goofy things like that, and we're like, "Oh my god!" That was after the Madden curse. It sure was. He was fan voted too. That's the fans. Yeah, vote. yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. So Pat Shermer, who was relieved of his coaching duties for the New York Football Giants, uh, they, they, I saw a tweet where they shared a quote from him, and it kind of it kind of shows. It's a nice juxtaposition with Joe Judge, the new coach. So here's a quote from Pat Shermer during his couple of seasons when he said it is really irrelevant, but his it's his philosophy on coaching. And he said most of the, this was uh, during the end of this year because obviously they weren't that good. Most of the guys on this roster would be backups or practice squad guys, but they're frontline guys for us. And then, of course, a quote in Media Day or whatever, the unveiling in the press conference of new Giants coach Joe Judge, where he said this in explaining his philosophy. We don't care where you're drafted or if you're traded for. You want to stay on the field, earn it. If not, you won't be on the field. I mean, that made me go, wait a minute. I don't know much about you, Joe Judge. You're the new coach of my favorite team, but I kind of like that. He said it's our job. He went on to say, after the fact, it's our job to take the guys that are on this roster, and I want to know what you do well. And this was a a Belichick thing, too. Don't tell me what he can't do. Tell me what he can do. And then my job as the coach with my staff is to take that particular player and use him in situations that he can succeed to help the team overall. And, Scoop, you'll love this. He also went on to say, we're going to smash you in the mouth for 60 minutes. That's how the Giants are going to play football moving forward. I know you love that philosophy. You know, and I heard that quote from Shermer, and it sounds to me like he's blaming his players. Yeah, he's throwing his, he's throwing his well, players we don't really, under the bus. We don't really have very good players. And if you're one of his players, you can't feel good about that. And it just seems like a cop-out. You're the head coach of a National Football League team. The buck stops with you. You know, and not only is it the players, it sounds like Shermer is slamming with that quote, but the front office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's an indictment of Gettleman and everybody, I, uh, the scouting department and everybody else within the entire organization. How is that a unifying thing when you're trying to pull together for a common purpose? How is that a unifying statement? It's not. It's just... It's cancerous. Nick? Uh, I mean, for Joe Judge, I, I hate to say it, I think his comments were just a tad bit dangerous. Explain. Maybe not for the fans. It's refreshing for the fans. Like, oh, who's this guy is going to come in. He's going to turn our program around. That's the guy we want. What if you're a player? What has this guy done? Yeah, he's been a tutelage under Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, two of the greatest coaches of all time in their respective sports. But he hasn't really 
done much. He's this guy coming in saying, whoa, we're going to do this and this, just like this. Like, who's this guy? Well, I'll counter that with with this. Even though he wasn't a head coach at any point, he's going to put the two rings that he won with Saban and the three rings that he won on the staff with the Patriots on the table in front of them. Fair enough. And, of course, the counter-argument could be with certain players, perhaps if they don't quite grasp that, is big deal. You weren't the head coach. But then there's the other ones that are going to go, wait a minute. He was a part of that because every single person on a team in every aspect of it matters, top to bottom, front to back, in and out. Every, if everybody doesn't get their job done, you don't win Super Bowls that way. It was not just Belichick and Brady that won those Super Bowls. And it wasn't just Gronk either. In order to win you have to put together an outstanding organization, and they have proven to do that for 20 years in New England, unfortunately, and we hope it ends soon, but that's a whole other subject, Scoop. Well, all that said, if you're Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley, uh, he's your coach, and you're there. You're not going anywhere. Some of these other guys will be probably shuffled off to Buffalo or wherever, but you're there, so you're going to play for that guy. He's instrumental to your Success, you're going to give him a chance. Pretty likely, too, that there's going to be individual conversations between Joe Judge and these players, Saquon, and on and on and on and on. I like what you. I like your point, though. You know, it's 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 definitely something that is going to come into play, at least for some guys. But I suppose those are the ones that he was talking about that they might not have the mindset to earn it, like he said he wants, and maybe they won't be on the field or on that team anymore. The last thing before a quick break. Dino Babers, as since we're on the subject of football, coach of Syracuse, stopped by at upstate Golisano and did a craft party with some of the kids up there. He was talking to them about football and about Star Wars, and that's just stuff that's more important than sports. Love to see when people that are respected and revered in the community that have that type of statue, statue, that, that stature that go back and give back. Nothing but respect to Dino Babers Kudos. for that. And um, personal stuff aside, for some personal reasons, very near and dear to me. Maybe I'll explain that to you one day. The Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Respect to Coach Babers. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. If you're a Major League Baseball fan, Jeff Passan uh, is a must-follow on Twitter. And if you like stuff immediately... Well, Twitter's the place to go. I just wanted to throw a quick piece of baseball information at you before we get into, as promised, some stuff on the NBA and another another beef in the NBA, actually. But if you're seeing a lot of Major League Baseball in your timeline, that's because they have 155 arbitration-eligible players that are either going to agree on salaries like Brandon Nimmo of the New York Mets just agreed for just over two million with them avoiding arbitration altogether. But that's where you go in like the Mets would go, oh, well, you're not as good as you think you are. And Brandon Nimmo would say, well, I'm better than I think I am. The player asks for a certain amount. The team asks for something else. It's usually a little bit less. Hopefully they settle in the middle. Hopefully you don't get to the arbitration hearings because bad blood can develop. But ultimately, that many players have to get through this process. So it's very hectic for Major League Baseball, and it's just everywhere. So that's a lot of names. So you might be seeing stuff like that. I follow that stuff. I might be 
not be able to catch it immediately right now as it's happening live, but I'll go back and flip through all that stuff later. You ever do that? It's like free agency day in the NBA when all that. It's just craziness. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about you. I follow baseball pretty religiously, so I'm on these numbers. I'm a huge geek when it comes to that. So I'm on the numbers all the time. Good, good. We're going to have more conversations about this in the future, I have a feeling. So that's Nick Scoops in here. I'm Reigns, the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Now you can watch us on twitch.tv slash Talk as we're going to talk about the NBA and another Twitter battle. So, of course, you know that Jimmy Butler of the Heat and all that crap that happened yesterday that we were talking about where, you know, they're circling that game the next two times the teams meet on March 20th. But now KD's getting into it. He's notorious for being very sensitive to the things that are tweeted at him or reply, how he gets the replies back on Instagram. And, well, now it's with Kendrick Perkins, who's a former teammate with Oklahoma City Thunder. It's it's an amazing little breakdown, too. It has nothing to do with what's happening on the court right now. But Kendrick Perkins, for example, with this tweet, kind of starts at KD lost in the second round without Russ when I was there. So what... So what that mean? Well, Kevin Durant responded, yeah, and our starting center, Kendrick Perkins, averaged a whopping two and three during the series. You played hard, though, champ. LOL. The response from Kendrick Perkins. Boy, stop. You did the weakest move in NBA history. Up on a 3-1 team in the Western Conference Finals and then go join them the following season. Heart of a champion right there. Obviously, sarcasm intended. Kevin Durant responds, Weak is starting at center, playing real minutes with no production. Should have worked on your skills as much as I did. Wow, it's uh, it, it, it's cutting to the bone there, right? They're getting harsh. Kendrick Perkins replies to KD again. Well, that's fine. You worked that hard and still had to go join a 73-9 and team. Truth be told, you don't even feel like a real champ. You've had hard time sleeping at night, huh? Knowing that you took the coward way out. Ooh. And he's saying that knowing that Kevin Burner account Durant is a little sensitive and that, and that that is the criticism. So he knows he can zing him with that. That's That will linger for Kevin Durant. He'll claim it doesn't. It's no big deal. But it does because he proves it over and over and over and over again. He responds to, quote, unquote, the haters, whether they're well-known former teammates and NBA players or just like an average fan that's trolling him more than any athlete in recent memory, at least that I'm aware of. I'm, there might be a few others, but he's got to be right, right near the top. Yeah, and I think that probably gives him a little motivation to get those workouts going and get back out on the court there, you know? Nick, do you love these Twitter beefs? I do. I do. My favorite part is that Kendrick Perk. I'm all on Team Kendrick Perkins. For sure. He's absolutely right. He is right. Most coward move in NBA history. You think so? Is it really that egregious what he did? Absolutely. I was... I'm, I'm, as a Knicks fan, I'm not even mad that he spurned the Knicks. That just, it's just such a cheap move. Yeah. Such a cheap move. It, it really was. I, I, I respect, you know, at the end of the day, he's got his rings, but there are other play, like, it's not the same as Kawhi. Kawhi winning at the point in Kawhi's career with the Spurs that he won that first ring. He wasn't the guy. It was a Tim Duncan team. It was the big three down there. Manu Ginobili, you know what I mean? Tony Parker. But who was the reason and who got the MVP? It was Kawhi. And then he turns around. He's in Toronto. It's one season there. And they win the, he wins another ring. 
And what Durant did is even on another level altogether from what LeBron, Bosch, and Wade did if, at getting together in Miami. If KD never went there, they still could have won those rings. They proved it before he got there. Now, granted, he was fantastic while he was there. Don't get me wrong, but that just made made a great team even greater, and they were great. Historically great, without question. Seventy three and nine proves it before he ever got there. They they didn't need him for the seventy three and nine season. Yeah, we know what happened after that. Well, that's true. That's when the Cleveland Browns did happen to win, and I was rooting You're for the Cavs me. or the Cleveland the the Cleveland Cavs won that year, and I was rooting. You, you for know how many Cleveland Browns fans it takes to screw in a light bulb? You gonna tell me two. One to screw in the light bulb and one to tell you how good the light bulbs were back in 1964. That's because, yeah, there's not a lot of good in Cleveland, which I think we covered. But Cleveland, Cleveland Cavs, we don't have to go back that far thanks to Le- LeBron. Like I said, the one shining bright light in that city yep. of terrible. and What a parade that was. Just know this and feel better. Detroit is a little bit worse. It's been proven. The numbers back it up. And it's actually that is a fun thing for Cleveland fans because... Tiger fans uh, have trolled Indians fans viciously. I mean, because the Tigers were pretty good a couple of years ago. True. And would just rip them, rip them, the, the back and forth, Twitter and Facebook. And now it's strangely silent from the Motor City with regards to any of their sports teams. I don't hear you talking too much anymore. We're going to take a break, come back, some Syracuse basketball-related information Next on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sports Zilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Remember to give us a follow at twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. If you'd like it without the Amazon commercials, you can subscribe. And you can't subscribe for free if you have an Amazon Prime account. We'd love that if you did that. And if you'd like to give us bits, we'd love that as well. I want to hear about Tiana. I want to hear about those T-shirts. I want to hear about being tough for tea. I want you to tell everybody about that because I think that's fantastic, Scoop. Well, if you've seen those tough for tea shirts that have been worn by the SU men's and women's basketball players, they're now available to the public at shop.qs.com, and they're going to help. Uh, defray the costs of all the travel and uh, the the various procedures that Tiana has had to go through. Shop.cues.com. And, gosh, how can you not pull for her? And in, in addition to that, we know she's obviously very concerned about all the fires that are going on in her native Australia. So uh, t- t- Tough for Tea shirts now available at shop.cues.com. And, uh, you know, I guess the university has said we're not going to take our usual royalties and the money's going to go to Tiana and her family. It's it's amazing what she's been through, yet she's still thinking about her homeland, too. That's something to think about. It's heartbreaking to watch. How can you not? Just like everything that, you know, it happened uh, recently in California. It's some terrible stuff to see. Uh, but sports-related, because that's what we're here to do on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio at 97.7 and 100.1. Cuse Basketball. Uh, they do have a game tomorrow. I don't think anybody expects a win out of this. I think you're going to look at an eight and t- an eight and eight team after they play Virginia for the second time this year at four o'clock tomorrow. So on a positive note, Joe Girard though is a free throw shooting machine. All of his teammates comment on that. Like he never misses. It's not just in games. It's in practices and everything else. 
There's a great article from Matt Gutierrez with The Athletic, if you happen to subscribe to that, where they, Joe Girard basically explains his process and how he goes about things, why he's so good at free throws, and how he's gotten to be this good at free throws throughout his life, what he's done to get there. It's it's just kind of a fascinating little thing if you're into things like that. It's a great little read. It's a quick little read. Matt Gutierrez, by the way, I think does a phenomenal job covering that team. And it was very interesting where I, the gist of what it is is he minimizes whatever he's doing at the line there, at the charity stripe. There's not a lot of motion. There's not a lot of bouncing of the ball. Don't overthink it. I, I think he says he, he wants to have the ball about two seconds and shoot it. Uh, and, you know, he'll do some high-fiving with his teammates. But, you know, get your feet set right. It's simple and 